Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God our Father and from our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. These are troubling words from Jesus. Make no mistake, these are troubling words from our Lord. Because what do we all want in our world right now? Which is so filled with division. Families divided against themselves. We see a neighbor against neighbor, even parishioner against parishioner. We live in these deeply divided times. And, and so what do we want more than anything? Is we, we want to see reconciliation and unity. We want peace. And rightly so. Where's that peace going to come from? We know that it's not going to come from the world. From politicians? I don't think so. Celebrities? Not even from pastors. That peace can only come from the Prince of Peace, our Lord Jesus. The one who was hailed at his birth by the angels, peace on earth and goodwill to men. Jesus, when he rises from the dead, the very first word out of his mouth is, peace be with you. He comes hailing peace. He himself is our peace. And that's why these words are so troubling. You heard him just a moment ago in the gospel. Jesus says, do you think that I've come to bring peace on earth? Yes, Lord, that's exactly what we think you, brought, you came to bring. No, he says. But I tell you, division. Division. The night before he died, Jesus said to his disciples, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Good, yes, peace he's bringing. But then in the next breath he says, Not as the world gives do I give to you. See, there is a peace, so-called, that the world gives. That is not the peace of our Lord. The peace that Jesus brings is, if you will, a divisive peace. Does that sound like an oxymoron? Remember an oxymoron? Two things, jumbo shrimp, right? It's because it is. It seems contradictory. Only in Christ can these two things be held together, both that divisiveness and the peaceableness. And here's what I want to say. For us as Christians who seek to live faithfully in these divided times, the answer is not for us to peddle the shop-worn peace of the world, but instead to embrace and to live in the tension, the divisive peace of Jesus. And so I want to speak just briefly this morning, because we've had a full morning already. I just briefly want to meditate on this tension and the twin temptations that are there on either side for us as followers of Jesus. See, because on the one hand, I think there's a temptation for us only to focus on the peace. And as we've said, it's understandable. We want to go out. We want to proclaim the Prince of Peace. That's who Jesus is, and that's the, the salve that our world needs. We want to bring that balm. But the temptation here is to follow in the footsteps of the false prophets. Now, Jeremiah, in that Old Testament reading, Jeremiah's railing against those false prophets. And what's the MO? What's the modus operandi of false prophets? False prophets are always saying, peace, peace, when there is no peace. Prophets say, they heal the wounds of my people lightly. It's like they put band-aids on broken bones. That's what the world's peace does. And I think that's what is a temptation even for us as believers. We see it any time that there's kind of a, a coerced peace. Like, hey, if you don't say these words, if you don't do these things, then we're all just going to get along in one big happy family. How well does that work for us? No, the peace that Jesus brings 
inevitably brings division as well. And why is that? It's because this world is still hell-bent on saving itself rather than submitting to and receiving the peace that surpasses all understanding. There is a perfectly understandable peace that comes from the world, which runs contrary to the peace that Jesus gives, which is going to entail division for the people of God. Not because God delights in it, but because this world is still so broken and tattered. Listen, that division is what we heard when we had the baptism for little Harper. And sometimes I feel like I need to put, you know, a warning at the beginning of baptism, like, warning, you are being initiated into a life of battle, Harper. Not battle against other people, but against the powers and principalities of this dark age, this present darkness, see. And that's why, as part of the baptismal rite, maybe you picked up on this, there's the renunciations. Do you renounce the devil? Do you renounce all his works and all his ways? To become drafted into the, the, the family of God means also that you are divided from the world, from the prince of the power of the air, Satan himself. And so we live in this tension. We have that peace of Christ, but it is a divisive peace because it cannot help but set us at odds with the world, even as we receive that peaceableness from Christ. But if there's a temptation for us on the one hand just to emphasize the peace at the cost of forgetting how it's going to, to divide as well, there's also a temptation there for Christians. And I think this one is even more palatable in our present age. And that temptation is only to delight in the division and to forget about the peace. To say, yeah, that's right. Jesus comes and he separates the wheat from the chaff. He separates the sinners from the saints. Forgetting that we are all sinners and saints simultaneously. Again, I think that there's something understandable about this because we want to have that zeal as followers of Jesus. We want to be sold out. And Jesus says, whoever is not with us is against us. And we're like, that's right. I cast my lot with Christ. I'm going to follow the Lord. And as for the enemies of God, as for those who push back against his kingdom, well, too bad for them. You remember the disciples, the story of, of when the disciples are making their way through Samaria. And remember how the Jews got along with the Samaritans. Not well, right? And so the Samaritans are none too keen on this proclamation of the kingdom. And so the disciples are all incensed and they run back to Jesus. And they say to Jesus, hey, Jesus, those Samaritans, those bad guys, those guys we don't like, they wouldn't receive the gospel. And so should we call down fire upon them, right? Don't act like you've never thought that before. And Jesus' response is, yeah, that's right. Let's call down fire on them. Oh, of course not, because this is not the way that Jesus works. This is not the, the kingdom that he has come to bring. And in fact, while yes, he does come to cast fire on the earth, as he said in today's gospel, what they forget, what they miss, what they can't yet understand is that that fire is cast on he himself. That the Son of God is immolated for you and me and yes, all the enemies of him. Remember, each and every one of us are enemies of God apart from the intercession of our Lord Jesus. And so, no, as believers, we can't delight in division, even as there are those forces in the world that are seeking to, to gin it up and to create even more separation from one another. As Christians, we are instruments of peace, seeking to proclaim the peaceable kingdom in our Lord Jesus. Are there going to be enemies? Are there going to be opponents to the gospel? Yeah, absolutely. What an opportunity for us then to love our enemies. Somebody said something about that somewhere along the way. That's the calling for us 
as followers of our Lord, to live in that tension. We know that the proclamation of the gospel cannot help but have a, a divisive effect. But that doesn't mean that we lighten it. It means, like Jesus, we weep over it. We lament over it. We let our hearts break as the Father's heart breaks for a world that is still in rebellion from Him. I don't mean to tell you that this is easy for us to live in the tension, but that it is where we are called to as followers of our Lord. He's the one who on the cross was praying for those who crucified him. He is the one who stretched out his arms as if to bring together heaven and earth to unite all that had been divided. He himself is our peace. And yet in this world, you will have trouble. There will be division. There will be pushback and blowback. And every step of the way is going to be hard. Even still, he will be your peace. Cling to him. Rest in him. And pray for all the world, for the peace of the whole world, and for the unity of all. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. Amen. May the peace of God that surpasses all understanding keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. We stand for prayer.